But I love really falling into the spell of a book on one of those chilly nights and just sort of letting the hours melt away, as walkers and audiobook listeners both do. You know, if I had not been able to read this audiobook, the person that I really would have wanted to read it would be Bob Dylan. To me, literature provides a really privileged way of avoiding what Chimamanda Adichie calls the danger of a single story. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet book critic Charles Finch, Washington correspondent Jonathan Carl, and literary historian David Damrosch. Join these authors in the studio as they talk about the stories behind their books, from intense pandemic journal-keeping to witnessing the final months of a presidency to traveling the world through books. Plus, hear them reflect on the intensity of reliving certain book moments in the audiobook studio. Enjoy. This is Charles Finch. I set out to write a book about those crazy sort of early days of the pandemic when we were all worrying about our stashes of rice and pasta and water and toilet paper. And what happened is that the year I wrote about turned into something more nuanced and strange and interesting than I could have anticipated when I just started jotting down notes. For me, the George Floyd protests were an inflection point in how I started thinking about the book because I realized that maybe it was not just a book about the pandemic, even though it is about the pandemic a lot, but maybe it was also a book about what the pandemic showed about our country, what it showed me about myself. And so I wanted to write in a really fluid, open way, and I chose this journal format because I thought, you know, I'll try to describe what it's actually like to live through these extraordinary times while also seeing if they have any effect on me sort of in real time. So I sort of look back on it like a dream more than like a conscious choice. But, you know, maybe that's what inspiration is. It's such a boring word. I think if I had to use just one word to describe recording the book, it would be hard. I would go home after these sessions and I would just fall asleep until kind of the next one or I would eat something and, you know, do 20 minutes of this or that. But um, it was grueling. And I think the reason for that is that, you know, when you're the writer of the book, you are sort of going through two experiences at once. And one is this exciting, fun thing I got to come in and do and I got to come to the studio and it was sort of interesting. And at the same time, you're reading your own words and there's nothing like reading your own words out loud to make you see their fragility. And so for me, it was very exciting to come do, but also very physically and emotionally draining and hard. But I'm glad I did it. I've always been curious and I, I'm glad it exists so that maybe people who care about me can have it and hear it. After I'm gone, I don't know. It was a strange and sort of uh, really affecting experience is the kind of, I guess, more complicated than one word answer. To my humiliation, I there's almost nothing I do know how to pronounce. <laughs> I know how to pronounce, you know, maybe some of the basics. I guess one was, so D-O-U-G-H-T-Y, which is sort of an out-of-fashion word, and it's apparently pronounced Dowdy, not Doty, which I think I must have read it in Johnny Tremaine in fifth grade and it just stuck with me. <laughs> and I never learned how to pronounce it. I didn't know Maya Angelou's name is actually pronounced Maya Angelou, but the engineer Sharon actually worked on her book, and it's Maya Angelou, so I'm now going to be an evangelist for Angelou as a pronunciation. There's a tongue twister. 
You know, I'm proud that I only had to do 15 corrections. They said that even professionals sometimes have to do like 30 and professionals sometimes mess up words. So whatever you're trading because I'm not a professional actor, just think about how great it is that I only had to do 15 corrections because I'm pretty proud of that. I worked really hard to to learn all the words and make sure I could do it right. And no matter how bad the acting was, at least I, you know, I was pretty much a pro. So I feel pretty proud of that. I'm so excited for listeners just to, you know, hear my, my, it's not my story, to hear our story. I feel like I'm a little bit anonymous in the book sometimes, but maybe my voice on the page and my voice, you know, in your ears reminds you of this last year yourself and of what you lived through and maybe tells you something about your own life. So that's the response I go into a book like this, hoping that I can elicit. And reading the audiobook has sort of like, doubled that hope because you're speaking it out into the world. It feels really good in a way. My dream narrator, that's a great question. If I couldn't have done it myself, and I think the answer has to be someone who's like a little bit of an introvert, but a little bit sociable. And there's not many actors like that, so I kind of would want my sister Isabel to do it. I do listen to audiobooks. I love them. And gosh, I've listened to so many great ones. I'm listening to the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois right now, which is wonderful. And, you know, like a lot of people, I really loved Lincoln and the Bardo, the George Saunders novel. I'm addicted to so many different mystery series, Louise Penny's audiobooks. I love the audiobook experience. I'm a walker. So like a lot of walkers, I'm an audiobook listener. My favorite place to read is, you know, sort of maybe I would say in bed nodding off and I would be reading P.G. Woodhouse. My favorite place to listen is when it's like a very kind of cool Los Angeles night. So maybe like 50s and maybe even a little drizzly if I'm lucky because I'm still an East Coaster at heart. And then I can walk around the hills and listen to an audiobook. But I love really falling into the spell of a book on one of those chilly nights and just sort of letting the hours melt away, as walkers and audiobook listeners both do. And now please listen to a clip from the audiobook. March 12th. I drove just to take a drive today. No traffic anywhere. In Los Angeles. A consensus is firming up hour by hour, and it seems more likely that we will all have to lock in for a few weeks to slow the spread of this new virus, not just people with symptoms. On the first of the month, it would have been an unthinkable suggestion, but the directives to work remotely are cascading down, people guiltily excited for a week or two at home, and in big cities, stores and restaurants are closed with cheerful signs in their windows that they'll reopen as soon as it's safe. For better or worse, retail gives our world its texture. When it's gone, you feel it. This is Jonathan Carl. Recording this audiobook was an intense experience. Writing this book forced me to relive some of the most intense moments of not just my professional life, but my life. And reading it, reading these words, reading all that went down really brings to light. I I think think the experience of listening, I hope the experience of listening to this audio book is a more intense and in a way a, a more intimate experience than actually reading the pages. Because I am reading to you, I am feeling what I went through, what we were all going through. 
and what an experience it is. And the story, as you can tell by the end of this audiobook, the story is not over yet. One of my favorite audiobooks is David McCullough, who is quoted in the last chapter of my book, historian David McCullough, his audiobook on 1776, which is such a great read and, and all the more, I think, enjoyable because it's the author himself reading it. McCullough, of course, has such a great voice, and he's recounting the events of 1776. And I remember being so into it as I was listening to it that I was wondering, oh my God, is General Washington going to make it? What's going to happen? Are the British going to win? I mean, they got New York. They've got Washington on the run. Really a tremendous, a tremendous audiobook. You know, if I had not been able to read this audiobook, the person that I really would have wanted to read it would be Bob Dylan. And he could sing it or he could read it or whatever he wanted to do. But uh, yeah, I'd want Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Is that, is that possible? And now... Listen to a clip from the Betrayal audiobook. Exactly one week before COVID-19 shut down most of the United States, I had my strangest meeting ever with Donald Trump. The date was March 4th, 2020, the day after Joe Biden's decisive comeback victories in the Super Tuesday primaries. Trump had called me and two of my colleagues on the board of the White House Correspondents Association, WHCA, to talk about our plans for our annual dinner. We were invited to the meeting by Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham, who sent me an email saying she thought it would be, quote, nice for you to sit down with the president himself to discuss attending this year's WHCA dinner. She added that I could make the case to him as to why it would be good for him to attend if it really would be. Hi, this is David Damrosh author of Around the World in 80 Books. I wrote my book for several reasons. First, I have a very evangelical feeling about the world's literatures. I want more people to enjoy many of the works that I love so much. Beyond that, as a COVID virus spread and I was locked up at home and couldn't actually go anywhere, I was increasingly drawn to traveling the world through reading, and I thought that you might be as well. And beyond the epidemic, we're living in a time now of increasing isolationism, ethno-nationalism, difficulty hearing other points of view. And to me, literature provides a really privileged way of avoiding what Chimamanda Adichie calls the danger of a single story. If I had to describe what it was like to record the audiobook, in one word, I would say intense. These are books that have mattered a lot to me for a long time, and I have a very personal relationship to them. Revisiting 80 books in such rapid succession it was pleasurable and deeply intense experience. I'm pleased that I was able to avoid breaking into tears at several points, reading quotations that are so deeply moving, and I hope I've managed to convey something the power of the quotations I give you, both in prose and in poetry. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would have loved to cast the late Alan Rickman if that had been possible. He has an amazing reading of a passage from Proust, that can be heard on YouTube. And he reads with a kind of deep eloquence and calm irony that is absolutely compelling. In fact, the last audiobook that I loved was his reading of Thomas Hardy's novel, Return of the Native. Absolutely extraordinary. 
my favorite place to listen to audiobooks for myself is while I'm exercising on my elliptical trainer. I wish I could also listen to audiobooks while I'm exercising on my windsurfer in the summer in Maine. Unfortunately, I can't take that along with me. But at home in Brooklyn in the winter, I get to listen to audiobooks. And now here's a clip from the audiobook. Mrs. Dalloway is one of the most localized of books, taking place on a single day in June 1923 within a few fashionable neighborhoods of central London. It might have seemed more logical to begin our journey with Wolfe's picaresque, uncanny novel Orlando, whose hero has an affair with a Russian princess before changing sex in Constantinople and becoming the book's heroine, or with the globe-spanning Joseph Conrad, with novels set in Malaysia and Latin America, whose heart of darkness takes us from London to the Belgian Congo and back again. Yet I've preferred to begin with a novel set squarely in London, not only because this is our point of departure, but because Mrs. Dalloway shows London becoming the world city it is today. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.